Welcome, welcome. It is it is Monday, January 8th, 2024. This is Gabriel Hernandez, your publisher in EIC for ComicalOpinions.com. Happy New Year, everyone. Glad you uh, took the time to tune in today, whether you're listening in your car, whether you're watching on YouTube or anywhere else. We're happy to have you along. Uh, and as it is with most people, when we get into a new year, we want to stop and reflect on how the last year went and what we're looking forward to in the new year. So today's op-ed is the little bit of a pros and cons type of list, if you want to call it that, looking at what we hope is going to happen in 2024, but also what we fear is going to happen in 2024. So the only way you know how to move forward is to get a very sober and clear look at where you are. And that's what the op-ed is about. But before we get started, please like, comment, share, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing. If you're listening on your podcast application of choice, uh, leave a comment, leave a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And we're always happy to take your feedback into account and find ways to do better. So let's hop right into it. Uh, the You'll forgive the, a little bit of the clickbaity thumbnail, but that's just sort of the way it is these days to try and get attention. But we wanted to stop and say, okay, 2023 for the comics industry, not great. Let's, let's just be honest and get that out there. Uh, a, a lot of, I would say, established comic news sites are very reticent to, to speak ill of the industry or say that anything's really going wrong. But that time is pretty much over. The dam has broken. There are just too many... Uh, bits of feedback from LCS owners, from the direct market, from creators, from publishers that are saying, yeah, maybe 2023 was kind of awful and it's time to stop putting on our rose-colored glasses and look at the problems head on. Now, how well or how uh, thorough the news sites are looking at these problems is, is up for debate and, and from my personal opinion, not very good, but at least we're, we're getting away from just saying it's raining money or everything is doing fine. That's clearly not fine. It's clearly not raining money. And we have to be sober about that and look at the problems analytically and clearly and see if we can come up with the right solutions. So what we've done is broken down major chunks of the industry. What, what, do, we, what, what, what do we see from 2023? What do we hope happens in 2024? And where we kind of put up that red flag and say, okay, this is what we have to look out for in 2024 to not repeat the same mistakes or not uh, aggravate the mistakes that have already been made. Uh, so starting off it with the big two, of course, uh, the reason why we focus on the big two first is because as, as much as we want to say the indie, the indie scene is booming, it is in some aspects, as much as we like to say other aspects of the comic industry are booming, things that are tangentially related like films, which didn't do great in 2023, or television, which also didn't do great in 2023, and I include streaming in that, uh, people still go to the comic book shops, they still go to the direct market and the LCS primarily for Marvel and DC. We, we can we can hum and haul about that all we want, but it's the truth. Marvel and DC are still the reason that most people are drawn into a comic book shop. So we have to focus on them first because where they go, everyone else follows. And that's just a way of it. Uh, so how was 2023 for the big two? It was awful. Uh, the big events like Dark Web, uh, Lazarus Planet, Axe, Night Terrors, Gotham War, you can go on and on and on. Pretty much across the board, flops. They just flop because they were ill-conceived. They were poorly constructed. They were not strategically placed. And it was just events to do events. And it was just a mess. Uh, we got to get out of that. Plus, we have a, a newer crop of creators. And I'm just going to be blunt about this because I review comics all the time. I see it all the time. The newer crop of creators are not good. They either have the talent and aren't being 
mentored and nurtured to be able to write stories properly and draw stories properly because that applies to artists as well, or uh, they just don't care, <laughs> which is, it's, it's a little bit of both probably, but it's, that's just the way of it. So what do we hope for the big two? Um, we need new leadership. I mean, there's just no way around it. You can't have DC and Marvel continue on a path or say, okay, we're going to write the ship with the same leadership in place. The leadership that's in place is the reason why they are where they are. So if you want to get around that, you have to find new leadership. This is, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. If the leadership puts you in the bad place, the same leadership isn't going to get you out. Need new leadership, need to get back on track of understanding where they want to go, how they're going to get there, and you just need fresh blood to, to make it happen. To use the sports analogy, if the team keeps losing season after season, you need a new coach, and that's just that's how it is. Uh, so we hope that they get some new leadership in, find some new strategic direction, make good business decisions, and move forward. Uh, our fear is it's just going to keep doing more of the same, diminishing returns with events that don't go anywhere or are terrible, uh, creators that aren't getting the help that they need, or in some cases hiring creators that are just not great and you just you know eventually you reach a breaking point and we we hope they don't get there but that's the fear okay so let's talk about the non-big two publishers i'm thinking about the xenoscopes the mad caves the dynamites the id well maybe not idw because they're kind of the images you know these are the folks that are poised to do well for them the 2023 was actually a bit better i think for in a lot of ways because they there was a lot of commercial licensing going on. You see some of these publishers like Mad Cave, for example, picked up Flash Gordon. That's a huge win. Uh, uh, Titan picked up the, the Conan license from Marvel and the and Jim Zub's run on that was great. So there are opportunities there for the smaller publishers and they can fill that gap that the big two is leaving behind. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a basically you're taking advantage of your rival, <laughs> rival's mistakes if we're going to quote Sun Tzu in a, in a sort of roundabout way. So our hope is that the smaller publishers, they need to focus. They need to curate their audience, understand what it is they're offering, focus on the audience to give them exactly that and be the best at it, then expand. Uh, I see too many of the smaller publishers that are trying to, trying to do a little bit of everything. And when you try to please everybody, you please nobody. And that's why some of them are floundering. Some of them are just doing, are just not curating their content. You got to curate your content, curate your audience, make sure they match, and then move forward. Our fear, uh, if the smaller publishers follow the big two and think, well, if the big two are doing it, we should do it. That's absolutely the wrong thing to do. And unfortunately, I see too many smaller publishers trying to do what big, the big two are doing as far as strategies and crossovers and and how and who they're picking for talent. And also the worst of the worst is trying to chase that Hollywood money. Hollywood is in just as bad a place, if not worse, and if you have smaller publishers where that's their focus, they're going in the absolute wrong direction. And you're going to see more Aftershock declared bankruptcy last year. Um, I expect more publishers are going to be doing the same if they don't get their act together and focus on doing what they do best. Uh, okay, let's move on to independent creators. It has never been easier than right now to for an independent creator to create a comic book. There are all kinds of tools and online um, uh, aids, uh, Facebook groups, uh, uh, hashtags and things that are on Twitter or anything, you know, all kinds of forums where you can hook a, up a writer with a creator, find uh, like-minded uh, creative uh, ideas, and then create a comic book. And there have never been more platforms available to create your own indie comic. The indie creators have to start working together and stop 
fighting, stop bickering, stop getting involved in these social media flame wars and all the things that are going on that are getting in the way of creating their comics. So our hope is that the indie creators will start working together instead of working with, with, against each other. Yes, there is competition and that competition can be healthy if every creator is focused on creating and then say who could create the best. That's good kind of competition. If the competition that you're involved with is, you know, uh, downplaying each other or insulting each other or criticizing each other about, is your campaign late? Did you do, is your artwork good or not? Are you taking people's, and all kinds of things that are related to the sausage making of comics, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Focus on your comic, focusing on, focus on making it the best it can be, learn from what other cre indie creators are doing successfully, and then borrow from that. The only thing you should be looking at from another indie creator is what are they doing right and how can I reproduce that? That should be your only focus when it comes to what everybody else is doing. So our hope, indie creators, focus on what you're doing, do it the best, look at what other people are doing that is better than you, and then copy that, learn from it. Work together, collaborate, mentor each other. Our fears are people are gonna start spending too much, too much time trying to get an audience by bickering and fighting and flaming each other and then when you have another new creator that comes along who could be the next Alan Moore, who could be the next Jack Kirby that you never know, but they're scared away from getting engaged in an environment because the, the, the people who are established are just yelling at each other. We need to work together, stop fighting each other. Make great comics, that's what you need to do. Okay, so let's talk about digital. Um, digital is still digital. Viz has proven that digital works. People like digital. There is an opportunity to for the, especially for the big two, to take advantage of digital and make it a viable channel for delivering comics. It's pretty straightforward. It's been around for years. We have to stop treating digital like it's the boogeyman, especially from, how should I say this, LCS owners who are very vocal about getting, about worrying about losing business to digital. This is not a thing against the direct market or the LCS owners, but digital has is just a, this way of our world. That's part of the evolution of the comics industry. We have to embrace it and have to embrace it fully. So our hope is that even the smaller publishers or the bigger publishers that would get together and figure out what's a good platform, if it's not Comixology, which is pretty much falling apart, uh, do we go with global comics? Do we go with creating our own digital platform? Whatever it is, figure it out. Viz has done this successfully. Look again, the same thing as the indie comics uh, feedback. Look at what Viz did. How do we do that and do it better? That's what should, you should, what should be your focus for Marvel and for DC. Look at how digital is working for the people who are doing it right and then do that and do it better. Digital can, is a viable platform. You just have to embrace it and stop treating it like the boogeyman. Our fears, you keep treating it like the boogeyman. And so you you don't, this this not same day release where you only released a comic three, three months later or 90 days later, or only using digital to dump scripts and writers and artists who don't create something that's good enough to print. It has to be, you have to look at it as a viable channel option, not as a leftover, not as something that's a throwaway. Embrace it as a fully realized channel for distributing comics Stop treating it like the boogeyman. If you do that, you're just going to poison your potential for years to come. Stop, stop dumping garbage on there, and then and then use it going forward. Now for the direct market. Well, this one's gotten a lot of uh, attention lately, rightfully so, long overdue, 
especially from folks like Gwen O'Leary um, and, and and some of the, the kind of the angst and the agenda that came up at the end of last year, which is really just a couple weeks ago. I'm going to say this directly. If you're direct market, if you're like a, an LCS owner, I'm saying this to you directly. You need to survive. And if that means pivoting away from the big two, do it. The big two is not right now anyway, not interested in doing the right things to ensure that you survive. If you own a comic book shop, you have to do what's right for you to survive. Do that, whatever it takes. If that means that you become all manga, if that means you do game nights with Magic the Garrett, well, maybe not Magic the Garrett because Watsy's having their own problems or Hasbro is having their own problems, but you have to do what's right for you. Complaining about the big two it, you know, is fine for a period, but at the end of the day, you have to be uh, responsible for the survival of your shop. That means you have to do whatever you have to do to serve your local market, to make sure you're, you're advertising, that you're marketing, that you're giving value to the surrounding local area. That's how you survive. And if that means staying away from the big two or at least relegating the big two to one of your side products, you have to do that. So our hope is that if you're an LCS owner, that you hear this message and understand you have to do what you have to do to survive. If Marvel and DC are not going to step up to do the right thing for you, you have to do what's right for yourself. That should always be the top priority. And if Marvel and DC want to be a part of that, great. If they are going to continue to do stupid things like put out events that go nowhere to sell garbage tier comics with cheap paper and runny ink and all and, and overpriced stuff for comics that, that nobody wants to read, then, then pivot, 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 pivot. You must survive. If you want to survive, you have to pivot. And if that means pivoting away from Marvel and DC, so be it. Our fear, that's our hope. Our fear, our fear is LCS owners are just going to keep complaining about Marvel and DC. Marvel and DC, if they don't go through a change of leadership, are just going to not do anything about it. And then the whole thing eventually reaches a breaking point, not only for Marvel and DC, but also for the direct market. We don't want that to happen but we have to kind of get off our butts and say, okay, we have to be the masters of our own destiny, make it happen. If that means pivoting away from Marvel and DC, so be it. Don't let Marvel and DC dictate your survival. You must survive. Do what you have to do. Uh, so what does that mean for the future of uh, 2024? I know I'm sounding very grim and, and determined, but we got to get serious about this. Um, the future is ripe for making changes, finding solutions, collaborating, coming up with common sense ideas about how to make things better. We have to always be focused on making this a business. There are too many people and too many levels that treat this comics industry like a hobby. We have to stop treating it like a hobby and start treating it like a business. That means understanding who is our audience, making sure that we give our audience what they want. Remember the golden rule? I've said this about a million times. You give the customer, you give the customers what they already want, where they are, and for a price that they can afford. That is the golden rule. And the entire industry should be living by that rule at every single level. We have to hire and promote talent based on merit. That means we have to hire people that are proven to draw and write good comics that engage the audience and continue to engage with them whenever possible. That means we don't hire people because of this person is easy to work with, or I know this person because from a referral, but I, but they have no expertise and no knowledge or understanding of comics, especially superhero comics. That's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's foolish. And no credible business runs itself that way. We must hire and promote based on talent. 
and then we have to prioritize good business decisions. You look at the strategies of what's, what you're doing, what works, and what doesn't. If something works, do more of it and do it bigger. If something doesn't work, stop it immediately. We've got to get faster and more decisive about decisions. Treat this like a business. Treat the comics industry like the business. Regardless of where you are at, at any level, if you're an indie creator or you're the senior executive over at Marvel, it doesn't matter. You've got to start treating this like a business. And we haven't been doing that. We've got to do that. So that's it. Let us know what you think about this uh, particular op-ed or our hopes and fears and let us know what are your ideas for where we need to change specifically. There is no one idea. It's a series of ideas, but let us know what you think. And uh, if, if you have some good ideas, we'll, we'll post it up on the website and maybe we'll do a follow-up to get your uh, re reader feedback. So let's move on to the rest of the newsletter. It was a very light, or, or I'm sorry, before we move on to the reviews, uh, yesterday we published our next episode in the Making a Comic series where uh, I talk about the character profiles that we've created. A hero is nothing without his supporting cast. He has to have allies, he has to have enemies. And we step through all the characters we've created from scratch uh, and it goes through the entire gamut of how tall are they, what, what's their eye color, what's their backgrounds, what are their motivations, what can they do, what they can't do, and step through how all, well, how all of that was put together. It's, it's pretty lengthy, and that also explains why it took so long to get from episode one to episode two. But we show you all the different characters and what we intend to do with them, which is great. And if you watch the video in the notes, uh, there's a link to the character profile template that we use to create those character profiles. So if you're trying to do your own comic and you don't know where to start, click on that link. It's free. There's no sign up. There's no nothing. It's just our gift to you for being a, a viewer and a reader, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it and you can follow along with us as we go on to our next step. The next episode will be coming up with the story synopsis for the issue, and that should hopefully come sooner and be more interesting. Okay, so that's it for uh, making a comic. So let's move on to the reviews. It was a light week last week, which is understandable because it was the first week of the new year, but it was lighter than usual, which was a little odd. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, so I won't go through the review list. Obviously, you can read it for yourself if you're uh, reading the newsletter. Uh, but if you're, if you're not really reading the newsletter, please sign up. It's completely free for the uh, basic tier. So we'd love to have you along. Our pick of the week is Savage Dread Sonia number three, written by Dan Panosian, who you might normally think of as an artist. He did a great job. And the, it was so our prick of the week is because it's a little odd. The issue is very, almost has no action in it at all. But because there's so much uh, mystery development and character interactions that hold your attention, he did a really great job on that. So I have to take my hat off to Dan Panosian. He's known for an art, as an artist, but he, he did a really good, solid job with uh, writing that issue. Uh, so let's take a look. Much longer list next week for reviews that are coming up, which is more in line with uh, a typical week. So it looks like things are getting back to normal. We have uh, Rise of the Filipino Merov. Merovingian number one. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that correctly. It's a little bit of a tongue twister there. And here comes Calico number six, both indie submissions. This next one is probably going to get some attention. Rebel Moon House of the Blood Axe number one. This is the tie-in comic to Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon movie on Netflix. And so that one's got a lot of at least online buzz anyway, simply because it's Zack Snyder. Uh, and this one is written by Max, Max Visaggio, who is a, a known creator within the comic space. So we'll see how that turns out. Could be good. Could be not. We'll see. Uh, we have Kingspawn number 29, Sacrificers number six, Transformers number four, 
Antarctica number seven and Fish Flies number four, all from Image Comics. Big week for Image next week. Uh, let's see, we have James Bond number uh, 007 number one. That's written by Garth Ennis. So he's picking up a miniseries there from Dynamite. Uh, Jennifer Blood Battle, Battle Diary number two and Alice Cooper volume two number four. And yeah, I think that's it from Dynamite. Uh, we have The Madness number six from AWA Studios. Please do not sleep on that series. It's written by J. Michael Straczynski, and it's it's a, it's a superhero tale, but it's gritty and violent. It's kind of like the boys without the satire. So that is a fantastic series, and I, I, I ask you, please do not sleep on The Madness from AWA Studios. Uh, we also have Gretel, Dark Impulse from Zenoscope. Uh, Blitz Volume 3, that's the manga about chess, which is a lot more exciting than it sounds, from Ablaze. We have uh, The Accursed Number 3 from Blue, Blood Moon, ED Number 1 also from Blood Moon, and Project Reese Number 6 from Mad Cave, which is the end of that miniseries from Zach Thompson. So that's it. It is Monday, January 8th, 2024. Thank you for coming along. We hope you enjoyed this uh, video newsletter, or if you're reading along, please uh, let us know. Uh, how we're doing in the comments, or if you're on audio podcast, let us know how we're doing in the comments. Uh, I wish you a very happy Monday, a very happy week, and uh, I will talk to you soon. This is Gabe Hernandez signing off.